0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of You're On The List. We're here live at the Brody Stevens Podcast Studio within the confines of the All Things Comedy uh, Network here in sunny Burbank, California. We got a really, really cool show. I'm super excited about this one. Uh, In studio, we have the man behind everything technology when it comes to All Things Comedy uh, and the comedy store and other outfits. This man does it all. Brenton Biddlecombe. Uh, is in studio. And if that wasn't enough, if you were like, oh, man, that's enough show right there. We're good. We have Brett Ernst on a phone, not a Skype. He's phoning in from uh, beautiful Chicago. Brett, how you doing?
1: What's up, Pete? Hey, Ben.
0: What's hey, going what's on, Chip? What's up, Brett? You're
1: not lying, man. It is beautiful here, bro. It's had some beautiful weather today
0: yeah you know i was talking to uh someone uh i, I work with uh, united airlines a lot and i was doing an event for them the other day and there's a, a girl who lives in chicago and and uh, she. I, I asked her i said well it's got it's got to be beautiful out now and she's like it just got there it just like we had our first day in the 70s like last week i'm like really it takes that long she's like Is yeah there,
1: it's, it's been raining a lot man yeah and how's the weather been out there by the way uh, let's just talk about the
0: weather. Hey, there's nothing wrong with talking about the weather. I got to tell you this, man. It's it's so funny though in LA, uh, and for those of you that don't know, it's uh, they call it June gloom, where it's just gray out. And I don't know how it works, but it's it always is the case, you know. So it's been all all of June essentially so far has just been gray out. But like I love like that. That's our. That's like it the did big. Get
2: really hot and sunny for a little
0: bit. Yeah, yeah. That was when my AC decided to break. Just to, that yeah. week was <laughs> the worst. But it's funny. It's like people in LA. They're like, yeah, man, this June gloom. You know, it's like it's the, our, our biggest, uh, our biggest force of weather is just it being gray out. You know. Yeah but
2: uh so how to work out with the ac did you get new ac it, it got fixed yeah dude it's the worst Thank time God. of year to deal with that stuff but now. uh brett my parents are out in ohio too and they've been saying it's it's non rain and there hasn't it's summer now and it hasn't been summer and they sent me a photo they've got uh a boat and they've got a place off lake erie and like the dock is flooded oh no way it's been raining so much
0: dude that's crazy yeah uh where in so so they are so what part of ohio is that
2: uh, Huron, so it's a little town next to Sandusky, okay, where Cedar Point is. Wow, in between like Toledo and Cleveland. And you were you were you were born and raised in Ohio? No, I was born in Buffalo. Yeah, okay. And then I moved to the Midwest and bounced back and forth. Okay.
0: Do you still have family in Buffalo? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's a that's a that's a. Trip. Hey, Brenton,
2: I'm
1: yeah. gonna I'm gonna be at uh, Helium in Buffalo in, next month. I think. No, August.
2: That's that's a fun brag.
0: (laughs) That's cool, man. (laughs) That was a plug for any relatives that you may have there that might want to go see Brett's comedy. I'll I'll put the word out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, if you are, are you gonna be? If you can get up there, maybe you can work with
2: me. Yeah, I'll I'll look at your website and and see when you're there. Um, I need to find an
1: I need to find a new opener, somebody to open for me. Uh, and then start a podcast so they can take it from me. <laughs> it's
0: all part of the master plan, buddy. Just trying to, you know, just trying to get you out of LA. Um, well, dude, we—I uh, got like a really cool list that we're going to get into, and there's a lot to go through. But before we get into that, I, I do want to uh, catch up with you, Brett. Uh, basically, this podcast has just served as a, a way that that you know, I, I feel like I only get to catch up with you on the podcast. Uh, is there anything uh, that's been happening? Anything uh, the last week or so? Any uh, any anything happening in Ohio? Any fun stories you want to tell us about suburbia?
1: Yeah, uh, crazy! We got ice cream the other day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what kind of ice cream did you get, pal?
1: <laughs> oh, cool! Well, honestly, man, I went to Strickland. Just beyond un- belie- unbelievable. But with that being said. Um, my wife are you talking about my wife you, the Instagram thing I posted with the animals or are you just just being in general
0: no dude I'm just I have no idea what you're talking about with the animals Tell me what's going on
1: well my my wife thinks she's she's fucking snow white man she's feeding, like we got chipmunks bunnies and shit now uh squirrels they're digging up my yard yeah you know <laughs> and and uh they're all over the place now i was gonna I was gonna clip the squirrels I mean the chipmunks
0: yeah. Oh yeah, you know? y- yeah, you mentioned this before on the podcast that you uh you actually hired an exterminator to come out and uh and and it got pretty close for those chipmunks. Those chipmunks almost uh, met the end of days, but you 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 decided against it. So you 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 did not pull the plug on their lives.
1: Yeah, well, I almost reconsidered it again. Oh, really? But yeah, but uh, it's just not, you know, those those chipmunks have no idea. They yeah. have no idea how close they are to getting clipped. <laughs> it's like uh it's like Maury and Goodfellas, you know. Remember when uh, De Niro's like, "Remember what we talked about?" Yeah, Never mind. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that close.
0: Maury had no idea how close he came, uh, dude. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Look
1: at the chipmunks. The chipmunks had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <For sure. laughs>
0: Brett knew that these chipmunks had to go. The chipmunks had no idea how close they came. The exterminator came and then he left. <laughs> buddy so when <laughs> when you when you uh when you um make so all i'm saying is this dude it might not be a bad idea to just send a message with these chipmunks you know even if you just take yeah. one out you know you just take one out you know display you just,
1: it and just fucking leave them there yeah just, just leave them there. yeah, just just leave them there. Them.
0: yeah you got to send the message man if not these chipmunks they don't know any you know any boundaries you got to set some boundaries
1: honestly, if my wife, she would, she would, she would be devastated, man. Yeah. If she saw a duck. She saw a duck get run over by a car in our old neighborhood, and you know, she, she, she it really affected her. Oh,
0: really? Yeah, that's. Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, she's named she named the chipmunks now, and yeah, you know, I'm try I'm just gonna try and train them to sing.
0: Yeah. Hey.
3: Take know... them on
1: the road. <laughs>
0: That's actually not a bad call, dude. That's not a bad call. Um hey, uh so this podcast that we're gonna to do today, Brett, it's uh it's movie related. Have you seen any movies lately? Uh that uh you know, we, we are now entering that, you know, that summertime. I think it's summer today, right? Today's the first day of first summer. First day of yeah. summer. Happy summer to everybody. Um have you seen any movies or are there any movies on your radar that you want to see? Um a case three
1: short. I want to see that. Yeah. I I, I did a man cow this morning, and they were reviewing the movies. They said uh, the kid said one the one you know the guy said Toy Story 4 is phenomenal. but he said Chucky is is garbage.
0: Which one, Chucky? Yeah, there's a new Chucky. No way. Yeah. Oh, dude.
1: Yeah, they re, they remade Child's Play.
0: Dude, I'll tell Again. you what, <clears throat> dude. That doll, that one, frightened me, man. I don't know why. Like, I, I, and I. I was never a huge fan of scary movies, and but some of them would scare me when I was younger. And that Child's Play shit with Chucky, there's something about that doll. Yeah, that was that scared me. I don't know if it's because it wasn't human, but it had you know expression on its face. I don't know, dude. That one scares me. Even as an adult now, I don't know if I'd watch the new Child's Play. <laughs> you <mean>? are,
1: you, <laughs> are you? Did you? How old were you when that came out? You weren't even born yet, were you? I
2: don't think I was born. I was born in eighty-seven. God so. damn it! That's crazy.
1: Yeah, that came out you too when that came out then, I think, right?
0: Born in eighty seven. It came dude. out in eighty nine? I dude, can look that up. Boogie Down Productions Criminal Minded is older than Brent Pittle. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. <laughs> buddy, oh Buddy, you blew my mind right there. Buddy.
0: <laughs> dude, I saw a Friends One Man show yesterday in the Fringe Fest and uh it you know he and I I, I work with this guy on these, you know, these corporate events that I do. And I always thought the guy was like 35. And one of the reveals that he does in the beginning is he, 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 he reveals his age. And the guy was born in 1968. I was like, holy shit. The guy's 51 years old. I had no idea. And it's like – but he looks younger. Brenton looks like he's 15 now. Like, yeah, but like, I'm, I'm 30 – I'm a man. I'm i know. It's, it's old. amazing. It's An amazing. Adult. Dude, Brenton oh, – oh, oh, we got to talk about this before we get into it, Brett. Uh, Brenton, you know, uh, engaged uh, to be married. Uh, he is in the process of buying a house, Brett. You've done this before. Uh, do you have any advice?
1: Well, where, where are you looking, man?
2: Uh, I'm looking in Burbank, Glendale, uh, Pasadena. Burbank, Yes.
1: They must be paying you well, buddy.
0: <laughs> There's no comment coming from Brent on no. that. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
3: Jesus, dude. Uh, yeah, well, my fiance's if, got a really uh, good
2: job, too. Does she? Yeah, she works for Hulu. She's like a senior community moderator, so she is like with their social media team. Dude, man. Sometimes You're
1: like a little social media power company.
2: Basically, yeah. Yeah, dude that's amazing
0: so dude that's a that's that's awesome isn't that like comforting you know when you're with someone oh else? yeah she's <laughs> got a stable job with good insurance god man i'm like jeez it's i mean brett i mean do you do, <laughs> it's, you know i'm not even gonna get into that because it's like and i you know i'm in love i'm happy but it's like sometimes you're like yeah maybe uh you know i should have you know researched some rich families and just showed up somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just so, just to not worry so I can carry on with my, my artistic life and not have to worry about it. Uh, well, that's got to be good, though. So how long yeah. have you guys been together?
2: Uh, five years. Five years. How'd you meet? Tinder.
0: Tinder? Yeah. This is a Tinder marriage.
2: Yeah. Good for you, pal. Um, Dude, he truly Basically, is. we were both the first person that the other talked to on Tinder. Whoa. And we met up and then we just clicked. Social media, dude. These guys yeah. are—they're like, look, man,
0: look—we're we're cutting right to the chase here. That's great, dude. Um,
1: dude, this whole their whole relationship is just based on social media. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly,
2: phenomenal. dude. That's amazing. Working
1: social media, made on
2: social media. Did she move in after a month of dating? Like, I met her parents, moving her into my place. That's amazing, and it worked out.
0: Dude, I got to read some of the uh, some of the the, the feedback, <laughs> Mike. Uh, Regiardo, he goes, Pete's hair is becoming its own entity. Pete doesn't have hair. Pete's hair has a Pete. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing! I've never that's heard great. that one before. Bob, Frig- Bob Frigiano, he's in the VIP uh, in the mezzanine. He says, "I wish my wife would get off her ass and take care of me. Hope she's not watching. LOL. Love you, honey." <laughs> well, I'm like, and, and 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 you know, obviously, you know, I'm not saying that you know, uh, Brenton's fiance is, is taking care of, uh, of Brenton. I'm, I'm just saying, there's got
2: to be a, a relief to have some security. You know, with what we do oh, and stuff, definitely. It's, just, it's, it's if everything closed tomorrow and I had nothing, she would still. You know, we yeah, be okay. yeah, that's amazing. We'd figure it man. out,
0: dude. That's amazing. That's got to be a good feeling, dude.
2: That's got to be.
1: Is she older or younger, Brenton?
2: <clears throat> She's a couple years younger. Classic. Look
1: at you, robbing the cradle yeah. and getting benefits. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Brenton, how long have you lived in L.A.? Uh, nine and a half years now. Okay. I think the I think the hey. first the first time I met you, I think it was like we were at maybe it was at uh, maybe it was at the John Lovitz Club. I think it was like the first time I really yeah. talked to you. We were doing shows with D. And I was uh, working there. Yeah, were you working there? I was working there. I worked the the cover booth for a little bit. Oh no way! Yeah. Did you ever get involved? Like, remember they were trying to
2: launch that podcast studio? No, you... I stayed away from that. Yeah, it seemed like uh, a nightmare. Yeah,
0: I don't know what was going on there, but uh, D is now. Yeah, I,
1: I, I, we tried to do a show there. Not. Uh... Yeah, that was what was that network called? Not uh, Frog Hop or something or.
2: Um. When I got there, it was it was it was about when I got there, it was about a year before it closed. Uh, so yeah, dude. So it was the John Lovitz Club at the uh, at the uh, what's
0: it called the uh, Universal
2: Universal City Walk City yeah. Walk.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's where that's where I met Brenton for the first time. He was making moves, and you were working there. Uh, but we were doing shows together for D. We were trying to, you know, but that place, I'll tell you, they did not make it easy to promote. No. Because I, I did a thing where me and this guy, John Sanders, we dressed up in old-timey, like, uh, like carnival barker outfits with, like, straw hats and, like, canes. And we were like, hey, folks, don't miss the comedy show upstairs,
2: you know? And, like, within ten minutes, security, like, had us up against the wall. Yeah, that was the thing with that place. They, they were like, you guys, we want you to be successful. We want you to be good. But there were so many rules. You had to stand. They literally had, like... The cement was a different color where the box office was exactly. downstairs, and you couldn't leave that area. That
0: area, yeah, yeah. It was a real. They they were not helping the properties that were no. within the uh, Universal uh, Studios or uh, Universal City Walk. Uh, but now you're at All Things Comedy. You've been here. I mean, and this is obviously this is a successful outfit. Uh, talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, sort of the evolution from seeing, you know, f- by being around, you know, the the Podfather himself, uh, John Lovitz, and that studio. And you weren't working in the studio, <laughs> but you 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 saw it. Yeah. And you've seen other, you know, other, you know, uh, outfits that you know, like sideshow at the Improv and whatever. And, and people try to do these this network
2: idea. Talk a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, Al's vision for for all things comedy. Well, the big difference between this network and other networks is this is like a community where the comics support each other and, and pretty much everyone on the network is friends with everyone else. So yeah. there's uh, there's that feeling of community and there's that feeling of, yeah, I'm willing to to help this person. I'll have them on my show. I'll promote their, their dates. I'll promote their video. But Al's vision was um, this isn't just going to be a podcast network. It's going to be every entity of a comic's career is going to be taken care of within you know the walls of ATC. So right. touring, album special. Uh, if you have a TV show, if you have a movie, like they have all the ends with all these. Look at Steve Burns. Steve basically. Burns
0: uh, always amazing on YouTube. Yeah, you know he put it out through uh, all things Com- all thing Com- uh, all things comedy uh, YouTube, uh, and then he did everyone's podcast. Got everyone talking about it. And now the views are like it's over Mm 300,000 and you know, in a short amount of time, like 10 days. Yeah. And that will get, I mean, that will continue to grow. Yeah. You know, because there are, uh, there are, you know, there's a ton of uh, the amazing Jonathan fans
2: doing it that way. Like there's, it eventually will hit a million views. There's no way if it was on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime, it's not getting a million views. Right, right. Uh, I mean, that, and that's—I mean—wouldn't you say? I mean, that's the the smart way to do it now. Yeah, is, is
0: putting it out on YouTube, unless you're, you know, like you were saying before, before we got on air, that uh, <laughs> you know, that unless you're a big name, you know, Netflix is, it shouldn't really be the goal. It's, it's, you know, maybe do it yourself and put it out yourself.
2: Yeah, and I mean, well, there, there's a—I'm not saying that they don't help because they definitely help people, but. At the same time, there's a billboard on Santa Monica that's like dedicated to the new comedy special on Netflix, and it literally changes every four days. Right, that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah. That that, that is definitely where everything's going, man. I mean, I like to say I was one of the first, but uh, I I uh, I see that you know it, it, it. I don't want to downplay the Netflix thing either, because obviously you've got over a billion people with the opportunity to see yeah. it. And, and you you know and you make some good money up front, but uh, at the end of the day, though, you know, like you said, if if people, they can easily get buried, right? You know, right. And uh and I think now for anybody that's a comic, even a musician, you don't really have to wait around. You just get your stuff out there, man. And it, it's a, it's a slow play, but you know, because the first time I released mine on YouTube, I only had like. I think it was like two hundred thousand views for like almost a year, and right. within the three months, within like the past three months, uh, we jumped up to over half a million. I'm at like five hundred and forty thousand. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. Right now, so, dude, what, what do you think? And, and, what do you think that is? Was it like an appearance on a podcast or something like? What? What was like? How did? How did that that big bump happen?
1: It, it's just from like people sharing and yeah, people finding out about it.
2: <laughs> You know, you the, know the, the best example.
1: The posting that I had went up to 9 million views, and that was only yeah, in the, the last the year. The roller
2: skating video. Yeah. But the best example of people sharing, um, you know, when Burt Kreischer put out his special, The Machine, it was Showtime's lowest ratings, rate, rated special. Like, no one had a less watched special than Burt Kreischer when that came out. Yeah. And so they told him, you know, you can take a clip and put it up, you know, wherever. So he took his machine story and he put it on his Facebook. And the first, like, half a dozen people to comment on it were the students that were also with him on the train that he robbed. Right. And they were all like, this motherfucker robbed us. This is 100% true. And they tagged other people that were on the trip. And then it just, you know, exploded. And people started sharing it like crazy. And then it got, like, you know, 75 million views. And he blew up. And now he's selling out theaters everywhere. That's amazing. So, dude,
0: uh, Chris Foster says uh, that bump came from Brett's bitch-ass dad handing out flyers. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I mean, that's almost where this is going. I mean, even though we have the internet, it's almost like you got to be grassroots again. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Back in the day, because everyone's on the internet, it's so saturated. So you have to figure out. Different you have to ways. find a way to to, to operate your hustle and a way to, yes. to, to, to get it out. Yeah. Which is like you
1: know. Well, like, the good news. The good news is, if you're good, okay, you can be seen. Like I'll yeah. tell you who I in My who I'm predicting is going to blow up next because he's finally using the internet is going to be Holtzman.
2: Yeah. So and we- then
1: he's finally put, finally online. Like you could never find them, but in, within a short period of time, those stupid videos he's doing with his brother are fucking hilarious.
2: Mm-hmm. And he's doing them every day. So it's not like he's slacking yeah. like, oh, I'll just put out one and then sit for four days. He's putting one out every single day. And that's through what, Through Instagram or through YouTube? Uh, All social media. All social media. Mm -hmm.
0: So, what are the? What's the importance of that, dude? Like, you know, because some people they'll focus on one thing. Like, all right, I'm a Twitter guy, or I'm an Instagram guy. There is an importance to to sort of trying to lay it out on all
2: platforms. Yeah, because there's different people on different platforms. Right, right. So you want to be able to connect to all of them. Instagram, I think it's probably a little bit younger. Twitter's more like you know the 30 to 50, and Facebook's like everybody so are you kind of like when you see someone like ultimate like are you proud like when you see an older person like finally yeah he's embracing yeah, it yeah like like <laughs> he's all a right, guy fine. that more people should know and this is how he's going to bridge the gap because he's not going to get famous just going up last at the store every night right 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 you got to do stuff you to gotta, make people aware and then you build that kind of cult following
0: right right I mean that's that's pretty that's pretty dope, man. That's pretty dope.
1: Well, dude, listen. You know, the only problem, wait. The only problem I was going to say is that you, you kind of see people trying to trying to cut corners, though. You know, like like I, I think a major part of success, uh, Sebastian's success is because he was really good. Yeah. Right. Bert is really good. All of these people that are blowing up are really good on stage. So, like, I, I've noticed it. That there's a lot of comics that come off thirsty to me, you know, trying to go viral, trying to go viral. But all right, let's just say you get a thousand people to come see your show; it, it, they're only going to pay once.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Right. So I, I, I'm noticing that amongst a lot of younger comics, is they're more. It's like they what, what did KRS say on the? Mar- uh, focusing on the marketing and promotion.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah.
1: As opposed to the art form, right. whereas, like, I think a lot of these older guys, like a Holtzman, or whatever, once people see that, and like I always said, if you put a camera and got Holtzman's set and Brody set a, a raw comedy store set and recorded it without them knowing and put it online, they would be fucking famous by the end of the year.
2: Yeah, well, that's Guaranteed. the thing too about Holtzman, is everybody talks about him. But for the longest time there was nothing online of him. Right. So you know, Rogan would talk about him and say, This guy is the funniest motherfucker, but then you go and search for him and there's nothing. So yeah. you're like, okay, I guess he's Bigfoot. Exactly, yeah. I mean it's and, and that's the thing. I mean these are lessons that I still
0: like th- that I struggle with. It's like I have nothing on you know, I have like a couple of things online. It's like I gotta fucking do the thing. You know how to and, and Bretton Brent was like Dude, just give me a clip and I'll do like the words. And it's like to me, like I couldn't even wrap my head around because I can't just do any of set that. Set up shit. a camera, yeah. Tape
2: a set and then yeah, and then chop it up into clips. Yeah, it's
0: it's it's vital, dude. I gotta fucking.
1: Listen, man, I, I've been I've been stepping up my uh, my online game a he little has, bit. Yeah. I gotta you know pay, pay for uh, a logo and it's just forcing myself. It's a job, right? You know, and and one of the problems that I had with with doing it is. <clears throat> It's like it almost feels narcissistic. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: and that's the kind of yeah, exactly.
1: Like, or I don't know. I don't know what I, I words I hate. Point- calls-
0: I hate pointing the camera at myself and talking to the camera because I'm like, you know what I mean? But it, it's it sounds stupid. Like I'm not, I have no problem performing in front of people or being in front of people or whatever. But yeah, there's there's something that I gotta I gotta get over in that in that regard, you know, because I feel that same way, you know, like oh, this is I just feel stupid, yeah. which is like it's dumb to think that, you know, because this is our business and you gotta you gotta do these things. Yeah, you, know? you
2: are your own business, you and that's that's a very thing.
0: big department in that business. Big time, big time. Uh, well, dude, here's the deal. Uh, I I want, I always want to have Breton on the show. Uh, and, um, I texted with Breton last night. I'm like, well, dude, you know, do you have any, uh, any, any, any hobbies or interests or like, you know, are you, are you an expert at, at, at anything? And without even, it was like a, a, two seconds later, he goes, he says movie scores. And I, and I was like, dude, that's amazing. And you had something, you had texted me something last night. You're like, yeah, I have a, a, a record collection and you said there's something like... Uh, it's just all movie scores. You're like 90 That's per- all I to. 90% of it are, are movie yeah. scores. So uh, we're, we're going to talk about the top 10 uh, movie scores. We're going to talk about composers. Um, but I wanted to ask you, pal, how did you how did you fall into that? Because I, I would imagine... Because one time there was... Um, I remember when I was younger, uh, there was a movie that came out called uh, The Memphis Bell. And uh, I, um, I Harry Connick does this great version of Danny Boy in the movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to buy – I'm going to go to the store and buy the Memphis Belle soundtrack. And I wound up buying the CD that was just the score of the movie. I couldn't find that version anywhere. Uh, And I was like, holy shit. There's like – they do like CDs of – you know, oh, of, yeah. of
2: movie scores? It's become uh, – it's actually a pretty big business now. So
0: how did you – so how did you fall into that? How did you become you know sort of obsessed with, with scores?
2: Um, so when I was uh, about 19 or 20, I got a car with uh, Satellite Radio, and they had a channel called Cinemagic, and I was just flipping around, and uh, I just got hooked. I don't know. It was – you know, it was just fucking awesome. They were just playing movies that I loved, but the music from it. And, and when you really start listening to movie scores, you start connecting the memories of that film and where you were in your childhood. And, and it brings out a lot of emotions. So it's just like, you know, it was a nice escape while you're driving. Right. So you so you got hooked through satellite radio. Yeah. And then when, when, when did
0: you realize, like, when did you make your first purchase of a movie score? Do you uh, remember it was, what it was? It was within
2: weeks, and it was Jurassic Park really yeah
0: cuz that i would imagine cuz when i think of scores i think of that like that's one of the movies that that i think of because people Uh, you know, people, you know, because you remember, just like you said, like when you hear the score of a movie, you you actually can, you could picture what, you know, where that was from or what scene Mm -hmm. it was and and, and whatever, but that would, I I would imagine would be on, on, you know, uh, on the list somewhere,
2: but we'll get into that in a minute. My
1: question, I have a question. Are we doing soundtracks or sports? We're
2: going to do composers. (laughs) We'll do composers. Yeah, and then I'll just sample some stuff from each composer.
1: So we're going to do like
2: you know, uh, uh, Bill Conti or I knew he was, was going to say that. You got to go right to Rocky, right? <laughs> yeah, Bill Conti's not on my list, but he's he's great, but he's not on my list. So what makes who what, isn't on the list? Conti's on the list. He's, he's on your list. He's not on my list. <laughs> so Brett, what are you, high <laughs> Brett? Why do you think he
1: should be on the fly list fly just because of Rocky? Gonna Fly Now is the most recognizable song. In, in movie history. When you hear dun dun da dun da, dun da dun da, da, dun dun da, dun dun it's almost like Star Wars. You've seen the Star Wars.
2: I get that. How is he? I get that, but name one other film that he's done.
1: What do you mean? Why don't you Google him real quick, Pete?
2: All right, I'm going to Google. Look how many movies. We'll see. We'll see what he's done. I know he's done people? other movies. I'm just saying, can you name another one he's done besides Rocky? And I'm not denying that Rocky is a great score. It's... A legendary score, and it was difficult leaving a lot of people off the list. There's a lot of people that should be on the list. But there's only ten people, so I had to cut them because there's other guys who I personally think have better work overall and are more influential. So uh, okay, but, I but did,
1: wait, Brenton, But what, so then wait, because uh, uh, we're talking speak about
2: composers, we're not talking about individual scores. If we did individual scores, okay, then maybe Rocky slips in the top ten, probably because it's so recognizable. But for overall work and how people have in, been influenced by other people, I I don't think he's on my top ten. Yeah, Conti. You know, obviously, uh, you know, like you said, Brett, uh,
0: Rocky. Uh, his uh, he, he 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 composed the score for HBO's first film, The Terry Fox Story. He then did Bad Boys and Mass Appeal, and then in uh, 1984, uh, he won the Academy Award for uh, composing the score to 1983's The Right Stuff. Um. What else? So necessary roughness. He did a lot of TV stuff: Dynasty, Falcon Crest, Cagney and Lacey.
2: So the guy. The, the, the yeah, guys, that's
1: what he was. That's what he was known for. That da, 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 those songs.
2: Yeah, horns and energy and power. Right, right.
0: So, Brenton, before we get into the, the, this uh, list of composers, what makes a good
2: score in a movie? Well, the score is important because the score basically tells you while you're watching the film what emotion you're supposed to have. Right. So you can even have a bad movie. And if the music's good, you're going to like the movie. Right. And um, like the best example of that, I was going to play that first was uh, Daft Punk did the score to Tron, the Tron legacy. movie. Dude,
0: that is an amazing, cause I got that album. Yeah. You know, just of the score. Okay, it's okay, amazing.
1: Okay. Wait, I, guys, guys, i So you're telling me the person that did Tron has a huge body of work.
0: That Death we're Punk? all going to
1: recognize?
0: Def Punk. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah, they're pretty established. And that
2: was like a game-changing, from my but memory— But they're, they're not in my top ten either. I'm just leading into everything by saying, you know, how important the score is to a film. You don't have a good film. Rocky's not a good film without the music. Right, right. Take um, away the music, and it's just a guy who can barely talk fighting people. Right, right. The the music creates all Dude, the emotion.
1: get him off— Get him out of that studio
0: now. <laughs> if there's one thing that you're going to learn, Brenton, it's, it's that if anything is related to Rocky, The Godfather, Goodfellas, or any sort of Italian-American uh, iconic film, uh, he's going to want it on the list. But, but, uh, but hey, let,
1: let's... What would Henry Hill say about this? <laughs>
0: Brenton was saying that Daft Punk should be on the list. I'm
2: not saying Daft Punk <laughs> should be on the list. I'm just saying I want it's to... a great score to lead into. That that the music is important.
0: So let's let's hear. It. We're gonna get a little taste of it because I remember this album is fucking amazing.
2: It's just really fucking the movie. The movie itself was disappointing. but the music completely makes it a good film, the and the visuals. Hey, it, it are just... you talking about the turn first this up a little song, bit? Oh, the remake.
1: The remake. we got a kid that was <laughs> born in 1987 telling us about
2: movie I've got older stuff on the list. Just wait. I kept dreaming of the world. I thought I'd But I should have known he was going to be pissed off about Rocky not being on there. One
1: day. Listen, it's... I think we should change it. the listen to Stephen the Josh, right? Is that why you're whatever it is?
0: This is badass right here,
2: yeah.
1: I can't
2: hear it. Dude, that... Okay, so.
0: It's badass, dude. It's you, badass. But you can't
1: hear All the right, music, so, right? But, but, what I'm, but what I'm saying is, why put in that song. We should change the list to iconic songs, right? Like the theme of Star Wars, Indiana Jones.
2: No, that was just uh, deleted. The I'll do song. composers now and I'll play, you, you know, the work I think. Our, our expert is going to guide us through
0: this, bud. But I got, I got to read some feedback here. Evan Lagana says, it's literally the worst episode to not have Brett on Skype. You need to see the anger in his face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matthew Picard says, uh, "Evangelist, uh, Blade Runner, Chariots of Fire." Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you know, so we have people uh, toss and stuff out. Our boy John Hermanson yeah, says, those "Rocky." Are
1: great songs like Chariots of Fire is great, but if their composer only had one song, then he doesn't make the list, right?
0: Well, the composer, the composer is responsible for the the score of an entire film. And I think what we're going to be, what we're going to be counting down, what we're going to be listing on this list, Breton's going to guide us through the be, the, the, the the best composers to have ever played in the in the score game of cinema. Okay. So and and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it all up to Breton. He knows his he knows his stuff. So 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 I want you to uh, uh, Brian Shmora says, uh, how about John Williams? Yeah, we're going to get to yeah, that. We haven't even John started. Williams
1: is going to be number one. Exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, Chamorro, we'll get to that, pal. So, keep going, Brenton. Okay. So, at number 10, uh, Henry Mancini, who was actually uh, John Williams' influence. He was his mentor. Uh, John Williams, when he was a young man, was the piano player in his orchestra. Yep. So, Henry Mancini, he did uh, The Great Race, Silver Streak, Breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, but he is most known for—sorry, bear with me. Mancini's
0: Italian.
1: Delta and Virgin Australia. Two We're gonna have
0: ads too, by out. the way. So I apologize. Yeah, no, it's okay. We can we can plug. Oh come on! Come on! So this is Henry Mancini? Yes. Timeless.
3: Still pissed off.
2: This ain't better than Rocky.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Just that big band sound. I love big band shit Hell now, yeah.
1: All right, what song is it to so what?
0: That's the Pink Panther. That's the Pink Panther. But Henry Mancini, like I said, pal, we're going to be counting down
2: the composers. So Henry Mancini did Breakfast at Tiffany's. He did uh, Pink Panther. He, he, his body of work. Great race. But he was an influence. He he was John Williams' mentor, basically.
0: So, buddy, let me ask you this, Brent. I've seen footage of an orchestra in studio recording a score, and they'll have, they'll have a, a video or a projection of the film mm-hmm. being played. So... When that happens, do, do, does does the
2: composer sort of switch things up? Yes. Yeah, so basically, what the way that the most guys do it, and I was going to get to that later on with number two on the list. Okay, he's a, a freak in the way that he does it, and he's a genius. But basically, what happens is you shoot, you know, the scenes, and then you give it to the composer, and he looks at the scenes, and then he writes the music based on what he thinks the emotion of the scene should be. Wow. So they they you know test stuff, they change stuff and it's fascinating how they work like they are brilliant and the way that most musicians when they play, you know you just have to worry about your one instrument and how it sounds with like three or four other instruments in their mind they're picturing hundreds of instruments and objects and different things making noises all at once wow in harmony so, how much workshopping is done at that stage? Like, d- does the composer
0: stop and be like, "All right, we're going to change this and this," and then all the musicians have to kind of make I've notes never on there. Seen the process, but yeah. I'm sure it's 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 time gotta be right? and it's crazy. It's gotta be tinkering. I mean, yeah. I, I would imagine it takes a special kind of musician to be able to make those oh yeah adjustments. Yeah, I mean, because that's like you know you're 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 changing the, the composition as it's happening.
2: But you're basically I've got, you know. I got one. What's that? I got a great one. <laughs> oh.
1: Number nine, Brad, put it in. Actually, we should move the up to nine. We should put this guy at ten. Okay. But what about uh, what about Jeff Scott?
2: Jill Scott, Jeff Scott, Jeff Scott, the piano player at the yeah. comedy store.
3: Yeah, he brings everybody up.
2: <laughs> he's very talented, but he writes Broadway uh, musicals. He writes <laughs> musicals, or not uh, film scores. I don't know if he's done a film score. It's such a great dude. He
1: is actually, he is actually one of the most talented guys at the store. You oh yeah, for how sure. How he costumes, he puts together.
0: Oh yeah, no, he's the real he deal.
1: D-Rose?
0: Dude, so uh, oh, Dad,
1: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to throw a joke in there.
0: No, no. Dan Laffner says, "So smooth talking about uh, Henry Mancini's uh, the theme to Pink Panther." Uh, <laughs> Evan Lagana says, "Brett's entire house is up in flames right now." <laughs> 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 Dude so tell me uh tell me uh who who would be at number 9 now. Henry Mancini that's a great start.
2: Yeah. Uh so number 9 for me this guy for decades put out, you know, Oscar worthy scores. Um he did Alien, he did First Blood, he did Patton, uh The Ghost in the Darkness, Logan's Run, uh The Mummy, Rambo. Uh, but this one is my favorite of his work. This is Jerry Goldsmith. With Rudy After this ad
0: Wouldn't it be great If he did the score of that ad <laughs> We're gonna jazz it well, up for... I
1: can't hear the music
0: <laughs> Alright listen up
2: sun's coming up over notre dame i remember this scene i
0: know exactly yeah. where this is from what? this is from rudy Jerry Goldsmith.
2: Yeah. So what else? What else did Jerry Goldsmith do, pal? Uh, he did Alien. Yeah, oh yeah, you said Alien. He said Patton. First Blood, Patton, Rambo, Logan's Run, The Mummy, The wow. Ghost in the Darkness. He did yeah. all kinds of. Didn't stuff. he do uh, the original Planet of the Apes too? Yes, he did. Yeah. Dude, that's Aaron Chapman. Do you know that? Do you know that Rudy?
1: He still speaks to Notre Dame's team every year. You know.
0: Does he? That's awesome. Like to
1: get him. Yeah, I'm like, dude, is the mayor, is he milking that one fucking tackle?
0: <laughs> why don't you, as this score is playing, why don't you do Rudy giving a uh, a, a pep talk to Notre Dame? For me? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh we always you know. They never
3: Trying to talk to the team
1: uncomfortable. Like you know, guys, this is our house. This is like, not your house. You're not even on fucking extra point. Good so
0: luck, buddy. It's like, listen, you guys, suck. you guys have seen the movie. I'm Sean Astin. <laughs> 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 dude, <laughs> dude, uh, John Hermanson says uh, Rudy was offsides. Probably.
2: <laughs> what? And the Music City Miracle he was, was a forward sides? lateral. <laughs>
3: did
2: he say he was offside? Yeah, he says he was offside. That's a That's a land.
3: All
2: right, so Jerry
0: Goldsmith at number nine. Number eight, Breton. who do you got?
2: Uh, so this guy, uh, you guys are going to appreciate this one. Um, he did the uh, 1968 Romeo and Juliet, uh, Eight and a Half, The Great War, Casanova, La Dolce Vita, and this theme. After the ad...
0: Oh yeah, Brad. What is it? Can you hear that?
1: No, oh, I can't hear anything.
0: <laughs> it's beautiful. It's got a beautiful mandolin in the beginning, buddy. He's playing. Uh, he's playing music from The Godfather. This is Nino Nino Rota. Nino Rota. Mm-hmm.
1: As far as anger goes, I was at
0: like 15. Yeah. But
1: so, these last three guys have brought me down to like a seven. <laughs> 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 he's slowly, he's slowly redeeming
0: <laughs> himself. <laughs> <laughs> Janine Power says red shirt guy is nailing it. Mm-hmm. Brenton knows we he's talking I also want to say Evan Lagana was shouting out your Brody t-shirt as well, Brenton.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the bench is now in Reseda. If anyone's in Reseda, go to Reseda Park. Check out the Brody Stevens Memorial Bench. Oh, no way. Yeah.
0: Fucking A, dude. And shout yeah, out uh, to
1: Rockin'
2: bro. Pins that, for that making that crazy. happen.
0: Yes. Yeah, shout out Rockin' Pins. You can still you can still order those pins, I'm sure, online. Is that right, Brenton? Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Wait, Brenton, who, who, who made that
2: bench? It had his credits on it? I thought it was Brody. Uh, no, the, uh, well, the shirts, Brody, the pins that... Uh, Raised funds to put the bench in was this guy uh, I, I don't know his name and I apologize, but his handles on social media is at Rockin Pins without a G, um, and he's he makes all these pins of different comics and so he they, they put the they put Brody's credits on the bench yeah yeah so it says Hangover One Hangover Two Due Date Cut Out of, cut out people. of Funny People <laughs> So people fifty years from now are going to see that bench and go Why would he put Cut Out of
3: I don't,
0: That's amazing. That's the best. So that's Nino Rota, uh, the Godfather, and so would you? Would you say that was uh, obviously? I think uh, probably his most known work was oh, the Godfather. Definitely. Did he do all the Godfathers? Yes. So uh, even
2: uh, even the even the third one. Yeah, but oh, the fuck. the music, whether the the third movie lived up to your expectations or not, the music is still good throughout. It's, right. it's powerful. Uh,
0: and what? And Brett, what do you think? You know, you're you're a, you're an expert on The Godfather. What do you think uh what do you think the music's role, the score's role in that film? Don't you think it, it adds a lot?
1: Of course. I mean listen there, there are very few songs that you hear that, you know, like uh the from the Apocalypse Now scene yeah. to the Godfather scene, uh, to a little scene called To Fly Now by Rocky that you listen to and it just it emotion and The Godfather, it, you know, it's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful thing with an uh, iconic movie and and the score come together. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And and they're just like the theme the Jaws.
2: Yeah, yeah. You
1: just you you hear that song, you know, sharks coming. <laughs>
2: yeah, and you know that I mean? that score. I mean, we'll get to that because he's number one on the list, but that score is incredible because it's literally just two notes that he's flipping back and forth between and speeding it up. And And, and, and
0: The the Godfather is is such a good example, though, of of the importance of a score in a movie because just thinking of the movie now in my head, it's like, there's moments where, you know, where where Michael Corleone or might, might just be sitting thinking or, or absorbing mm. something that just happened, and the music is really doing all the work. I mean he's obviously doing the acting and, 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 and you, know, you you can read a lot in his face without you know him saying a word, but it's really the
2: music that the music that is making him that, seem powerful but also sad, and right. sad, a weight on him. right. It's a very heavy.: you know, sport. The,
1: one, the one scene where it really hits is when he's like, "Do you denounce Satan in all of his works. And he's like, I do, and then they're showing, you know, him taking care of business and the music playing. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about when
0: everybody's I, mm-hmm. getting clipped. Yep.
1: Yeah, today we take care of all family business.
0: Right. I mean, that's that's. Uh, that, I mean, that's uh, it's you, you, like I said, it, it's a it's a great, really good example. I think when you think of the Godfather and you and you you think about the importance of the score. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, it's, the, the 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 music that you're hearing is pulling a lot of the is, is is pulling a lot of the weight of that of that job of getting that scene across. Yeah. So that's uh, Nino wrote that never,
1: but I I listen, man, I'm going to do a last a last ditch effort on this though. When you listen to the Rocky soundtrack, okay, <laughs> the 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 Adrian song, the the song when he's uh you know when he when he's you know when the, he's thinking about Adrian. Yeah, to his training montage, to the theme song—it's just so iconic, man. I,
2: I hear mean, you. Get I'm not arguing. We it's can't an get amazing, him in at 10? Brett. If we do top ten scores or top ten themes, Rocky is in easily. But for composers, I'm looking at the total body of work. Right. And their influence on film. I gotta leave it to the expert, man. Bretton knows his shit, dude. Yeah, and this is a subjective
0: I just,
1: list. I mean, come on. This kid's chugging down. You're obsessed it.
0: with Rocky. This kid's chugging down the one oh one, listening to fucking scores, dog. You gotta respect that you gotta respect <laughs> Brett's input here. I mean, who else does I, that? I'm
1: just saying this. listen. I I it's bad enough I, I I I'm slowly getting fucking weeded out. <laughs> when I was on Skype, now I'm calling in <clears throat> and now I got the guest telling me that Rocky can't even be on the thing. If Rocky can't be hits, on the guys, thing,
2: Brett. I'm sorry. Rocky can't
0: be on the thing, man. It should be a t shirt. In
1: my home. <laughs> In my home. Where my wife
0: sleeps. So uh, Nina Rota is at uh, number I'm not, eight.
1: I'm no kitchen, Rocky. No, I we like got it. We fucking uh, Tron on there, and we don't have Rocky. No, no,
0: no. Tron no. Tron's not, not on there. Tron's, they, that's making a point. Just making a point. point. Yeah. You know that's just
2: you know Daft Punk is not on the list. So, dude, who is at number seven? So, number seven is basically the king of the spaghetti western. Uh, This guy, without his work, Sergio Leone's films would just be like landscape shots and cowboys like looking at each other, right? And and he basically defined the whole genre of spaghetti westerns. And he's uh, he's done Once Upon a Time in the West. Um, He works with Quentin Tarantino. Hateful Eight, Django Unchained, Inglorious Bastards, Fistful of Dollars, The Mission, and this one, of course, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. This is Ennio Morricone. Wow. How do you. How do you what's the name? Ennio Morricone. Jeez.
0: Brian Shamora says, "Great pick." Do you know his ethnic background? Is he Italian? Like half um, these names sound fucking Italian. Right? Don't know where I he's from. I believe from. so. Aaron says Italian. Yeah. Hey, Brett, we got a list full of Italians on this thing. As far as I'm concerned. Listen,
1: this kid, oh. hey Keith, this kid brought me down. So now oh. I'm at a four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, we got we got the, the Mancini. We got the theme of the Godfather. Yeah. We got spaghetti western. It's really bringing me down. Like I'm calming down. Good
0: spaghetti. On me. Good. I told you we're we're in good hands. We're in good hands. Bob Dominic says, "What about Elmer Bernstein from Meatballs? Anyone? Anyone? Elmer Bernstein. <laughs> it, it's
2: hard to leave Bernstein off the list, but he's not my top. Are top
1: you fan. ready for the
2: summer? So, dude, let me ask you Are this: Are you Brett, ready for the? <laughs> <laughs> when
0: when you have someone like uh, Ennio uh, Morricone, um, you know. Like, do do composers get pigeonholed? Like, let's say you you knock out some amazing Westerns. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do do they become sort of more
2: tapped or more valuable in a certain genre? Uh, does it take them away or I out of contention it's, it's for others? I think it's just other? like how actors – it's the same way actors get pigeonholed into a thing or a stand-up gets pigeonholed into a character. And it is hard to break out of that because actually that's a great lead into the next guy. He started as a video game composer. Okay. And – Mainstream like movie composers kind of look down on these guys, but he was able to break out of it just from the undeniable great work that he's been putting Whoa. out. Oh. So, so
0: before you before you reveal this person, what sort of like uh, what sort of video games was he composing? Um. Honestly, I mean, what like,
2: like, what time? What time? Because I, I wouldn't even think of that. That that would even be a. Oh yeah, it's just like uh, you look at a prop comic and go, that guy's a fucking prop comic," or he's a guitar act. This guy was a video game composer, so you know. Wow. um, There's a level of you know. There's different levels. There's you know, video game, and then TV, and then film is obviously like the tip top, and then you know, good films like mainstream films, right? Are where the the top guys are. What was work. his
0: first major film that kind of broke him through to to cinema? Uh, it's the one that he actually won an Academy Award for. Oh, I can't wait, play. dude! Isn't that great? Everyone's like, "Oh, this video game dummy," and he wins an Academy Award.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, this guy did the scene the gig
0: Dog. This guy's, uh, you know, his resume was Bubble Bobble. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this guy This guy Supposed Mr. Dew's Wild Ride <laughs>
2: Oh Shit Another
4: Italian, right?
2: Yes, sir. Is so this it? gentleman, um, he's done a lot of work with Disney recently. So he did uh, Ratatouille, The Incredibles, Coco, uh, Star Trek. He's done this, the new Star Treks, which are fucking amazing scores. Star Trek Beyond is like a masterpiece. But this particular film, uh, I think it was 2009 it came out, He won an Academy Award for, and the scene literally made everyone cry without any words. It was 100% the music. And I'll skip ahead to it. That was so familiar to me.
1: Uh, I know.
2: So this is from the film Up. Yes. And who is this composer? This is uh, Michael Giacchino. Wait. Michael Giacchino? Giacchino. Dude, these are all this the times. This part talents, right here, man. though. This part right here, she finds out she can't have kids. So it's just a little just the piano, but it literally made everyone cry. Cry, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Dude, when you
0: first play Where's it from? it's from Up. Have you ever seen Up, Brett? Up Up, yeah. yeah
1: with the with the old man in the balloons?
0: Yeah. Old man in the balloons. Or are you going to a party? <laughs> Dude,
2: Michael Giacchino, so he did Up, so that was his first major one? That was, one? like, the big one that that broke him, and now he's on everything. He wins doing, the Academy he's Award doing every, for that. He's on everything now. So I so mean, he just did uh, Jurassic World, the second one as well, and then he did Star Wars Rogue One. Like, he's doing a ton of stuff. Isn't that amazing? And Good a lot of it him. with Disney, yeah.
0: Another Italian and it, it, on the it, list.
1: He got his start at Donkey Kong. Is <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. His biggest credit is like when you take the when you when you go into like the the sub world in uh, in Mario Brothers he's like I did the doo 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 yeah that was me that was me I'm the one I I did doo doo doo
1: yeah that was me i did it that's me I'm the guy I'm the guy Hey, you know, you jump on the flag before you grab the trick? That's me! That's I don't me. want to hear the, noise, but- the princess pops
0: out is me! You jump on that side! That's, I did that! Who did Tetris? That's his what I want
1: to is- know. Pete. Yeah. Pete, his mother's bragging about him. <laughs> now, 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 They're clearly, Pete, here he comes. Jump! <laughs>
2: See, this that's is the shit he boy. had to go through from all these other composers. Exactly. Oh, what are you, you, you going to take
0: me to a warp zone to World Eight, you fucking loser, dude? That's amazing. Good for him, man. Yeah. That's got to be—he's be... one of
2: the best working
0: right now, for yeah. sure. That's amazing, dude. I think that's really interesting. Uh, so, uh, so that's uh, that's a uh, Michael uh, Giacchino. Giacchino. <clears throat> Giacchino. Uh, and he's at number six. We're about to enter the top five composers of uh, cinema scoring. Uh, what,
1: what, what, what do we got? I'm going so to tell Brenton, I didn't tell Brenton what no, okay? Brenton, I thought you, you, you were going to fuck it up, but then you totally turned it around and redeemed yourself. Yes, sir. So got so some Italian-Americans, spaghetti westerns, this is good. I'm so mad because Conti didn't make it, but that's okay. Hey, so he made up for it.
0: So, Brett, uh, Brian Shmora keeps uh, checking in here. I don't know if this person's on the list, but he, he wants to ask Bretton, what what do you think of Alan Anthony Silvestri?
2: <laughs> he is number five on the list. Whoa, that's what I think what about lead in. Dude, that's amazing, Silvestri. What? Yeah.
3: So, Another Italian yes, sir. American American yeah. Movie soundtrack.
2: Yeah, so this guy, I mean, he's done uh, decades of great work. He's got uh, Captain America. He's doing The Avengers. It's the most re- recent stuff he's working on. Uh, but he did Forrest Gump, Ready Player One, Polar Express, Castaway. And this is probably his uh, most iconic score $4, after the ad like, hey, phone. in 10 seconds. <laughs> we, got to, we got 10 seconds of
0: an ad here. Dude, isn't that crazy? Oh, yeah. He was. he, he Yeah, kept this guy asking, knew. He kept asking about he Alan Anthony's
2: history. We're on the same wavelength. But oh. here he is at number
3: five.
0: <laughs> oh, funny, Brett! It's tell me what it
1: is. It's in here.
0: The it's the theme of Back to the Future.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. Maybe.
0: Dude,
2: this gives me goosebumps. Yeah. It's timeless, pun intended, but it's timeless. <laughs> this is this is top notch, man. Mm-hmm.
0: This is top notch.
1: Don't you miss those days, man, man?
0: Don't you miss those days? Is that what you said, buddy?
1: Yeah, like don't you. I mean, other than the Marvel ones, but you would go to the theater and you you were excited, and it was like you know what I mean. It was just yeah, quality. Everything was great. You had you had movie stars. You know, it just
0: and that and, and, time, man. and that piece that you just played, Brenton. It's like that's. I mean, like I said, it, it gave me goosebumps. You know, uh, because it it brings me back to that time. But what a powerful composition! Mm-hmm. That that piece alone is like is just is just unbelievable, you know. It it, it really it really uh, it really captures the excitement of the cinematic experience. Yep. I mean it's it, I mean that is top notch, dude. So uh, yeah, Chimura Oh, Chimura also says he's done Predator. Yep. Uh, wow, that's not a uh, that's not a small uh, movie on what, resume.
1: What's, what's the name of the guy before him? The one we just did.
0: Michael uh, Giacchino.
1: The one before this guy, Sylvester, right?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: What, what he? What if he's listening and he's jealous? He's like, "Yeah, well, did he work for Nintendo? We're just,
2: <laughs> hey, we're just, we're just motivating him for his next Oscar.
0: Back to the future, my yeah. <laughs> Back I the
3: Atari.
0: Was he around for the Sega Genesis Revolution like I was? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's amazing! I Get made, I made here. kid Icarus. Uh, <laughs> Evan Lagana says, "Is Brett the only person who still uses Cricket Wireless?" <laughs> 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 so, dude, I think that's amazing So, uh, Alan Anthony Silvestri uh, This is, this is where we are now We are now entering the top five of this list He's at number five I think a very well-deserved number five I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the body of work uh, is uh, is impressive But to, uh, you know, and, and, and again This is not just, uh, it's not just back to the future It's He's done a, a, a huge body of work uh, That, uh, to the point where Chamor is like Let's talk about him, and, and you just did So now we're in the top four Brenton, who's at number four?
2: So, this is what I really like about this guy. And he uh, did pass uh, a few years ago. Um, But he, you know, he was a young guy too. So he probably had a lot more work left. But sometimes directors, they fixate on different composers. Right. And this guy, uh, he was James Cameron's guy. Um, He was uh, Mel Gibson's guy. Um, I'm blinking on his name, but uh, Apollo 13 director. Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Thank you. He was Ron Howard's guy. Like, uh, he. Made uh, a couple of scores that uh, were gigantic blockbusters. Obviously, most people have heard his work just from going to two films alone. Uh, This is James Horner, so he's responsible for Avatar, Braveheart, Apollo 13, which is such a good score. Uh, Field of Dreams, Apocalypto, Jumanji, Enemy at the Gates, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So it's also like he has a wide variety of style that he can do different films. Yeah, but and when Horner
0: passed away, it was like it was like big news. Yeah. it was a big it was a big uh, uh, hit to the Hollywood community. Oh yeah. But I remember it being like it was leading you know it was leading news broadcast at the time. I mean it was a, a and you and what composers pass away that you you really get you know exactly you know that sort of
2: it's uh, so you know, a testament to his body of work and and how talented he was and how many people liked working with him because they knew if we hire this guy. This is an ad by the way. if we hire this guy it sounds like a horner yeah
4: some of these ads have great scores <laughs>
0: <laughs> So yeah we're gonna hear a little bit from James Horner I like just seeing how much I can hear before I recognize it. I
1: thought it was even the Baette.
0: Gianna says, take cover. Brett is about to erupt.
2: Probably. I'm, I'm looking at who's on my list coming up, and it's not going to be Brett-friendly.
4: What is this piece from, Brenton?
2: Uh It's taking forever to get there. I'm sorry. It's not Braveheart. I'm waiting for that flute.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? We're still I'm, I'm still listening, Brett. I don't know yet.
1: I want not teach a jazz without hearing it, but is it some backdraft?
2: It is not backdraft.
1: Is that, that sounds dope?
0: It's a lone violinist. We're a bagpipe, I can't tell. <laughs>
4: You got it though, Aaron, right? Yeah, I know what it I know what it is. I mean, it's Aaron, the, what is it? It's Titanic. Titanic. It's the biggest soundtrack of all time. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Brent, did people Did people buy Yeah, The, the, yeah. the Titanic. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah, it, it outsold um, Saturday Night Fever was the highest-grossing
0: Whoa. soundtrack of all time and it outsold it.
3: Mhm.
0: So, so Wait, what? Titanic there
1: it is, yeah. Titanic. i so sad I see
0: it. Yeah. I need to
1: Saturday up there for a while. I don't. I don't want to spoil real quick to anybody listening. But if you go see Titanic, everybody dies at the end.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, dude. James Horner. It's- James Horner, uh, Titanic. I mean, that was so. Dude, when when you said that, Aaron, that, that the the soundtrack sold more than Saturday Night Fever, were there songs on it or was it just the both. just the score? So it was both. Yeah.
4: I think it's. I think it was mostly just the Celine Dion song, which he also scored, and then the rest was score. So he did the score
0: for that yeah, for the but, you
1: know,
0: yeah. I think Diane Horner wrote the lyrics. Hear, but yeah.
1: Whenever you're at a wedding, you always hear Titanic songs. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah.
0: Like yeah, what was the name of the the Celine Dion one? What was it like uh, "My heart heart will go will on. Go on. Yes, Ugh. That, that's funny.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, buddy, I was waiting for that high note. You were so you were almost there. So, dude, James Horner at uh, at number four. We're about to uh, we're about to enter the top three
2: right now, Brett. And Brenton has uh, warned us that these are not going to be well. Th- th- he might disagree with with uh you know james horner and, and this next guy and okay St. bill conti should be in there but again this is my opinion um this next guy uh he's got a, a really good body of work that i enjoy the aviator the departed um big mrs doubtfire gangs of new york silence of the lambs whoa uh, the hobbit and then this of course um Ooh, yeah. dude that's
0: we're listening to a new one now brad
2: One of the greatest epics.
0: One of the greatest epics. Oh, I think I know what it is. Aaron, do you have any ideas? Oh, yeah, I know what it is. I was to play. This, this is from Lord of the Rings. Yes, sir. Yeah. This is from Lord of the Rings. Caesar Bueno says, Brett sounds like he's in a hole using a megaphone into a drive-thru microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, dude, that is – so So, who is that? What, who is, what's the name of that? Is that is Howard Shore. Howard Shore. Yeah, I would have forgotten him, so thanks for including him. Yes. Howard Shore. So do you know anything about his background uh, in, in, in score? How do these guys get into this? I
2: have no idea. Isn't that
0: crazy? I, it's just, like,
2: I love their music, and, and I nerd out over it. But uh, He I, won an I,
0: Oscar for every Lord of the Rings movie.
2: Yeah. All three. Yeah,
0: That's amazing.
2: And then even the Hobbits were good. Hey, but the guys. thing that he did so well was he had different themes for every like type of creature in that world. So you'd hear... A certain theme, and you go, okay. Now there's hobbits, and then you'd hear a thing, and you're like, okay, there's there's the men, and then there's the orcs, wow. and, and you know the so, dwarves. So they they all had like a, their own yeah. sound.
0: That's amazing. What Guys, were you gonna, what were you gonna say, buddy?
1: I, I, I gotta say something. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was at a, I was down at a four. I'm at about a fucking nine. <laughs> Yeah man
2: I told Lord, you uh,
0: Howard Shore is at number three Responsible for Lord of the Rings And then buddy What else did he do? I'm sorry What, what uh, other stuff
2: did he do? He did The Aviator Yeah you did, did The Departed Silence of the Lambs Silence of the Lambs Dude. Gangs of New York Big Hello. Mrs. Doubtfire uh, you know, brilliant, and all the Hobbit films, obviously. So, buddy, let me ask you this: uh, when because oh, you
0: were you were you were referencing before that uh, some directors, you know, uh, you know, fall in love with certain composers, they want them to do certain, you know, uh, they want them to do scores for for their their films. Uh, who makes the final call on that? Is that is is how much how much how much weight does the directors? Oh, I have no idea.
2: So, I mean, know. I guess if it's like a a list director, then they're going to get what they want. Right. And actually, that's a good lead into the next one because. This guy works almost exclusively. I mean, he does a broad range of things, but he works almost exclusively with one director and puts out some of the best music. And his process, like, it's mind-blowing to read about. um, The cool thing about getting, like, these soundtracks is you kind of get little notes that they write about their process on each film. Wow. And he's gotten less and less the more he's worked with Christopher Nolan. Okay. Like, um, so when he did Inception... Like we talked about earlier, they shoot scenes, you watch the scenes, you compose the film based on what you or the score based on what you're seeing, and you create the emotion. For Inception, he just had the script. He read the script and then wrote the music based off just reading it and going, okay, this is what I think it should sound like. Whoa. And that's it's insane. one of the best wow, scores.
4: Well, and also, then, that's how Maricone worked as well. He would do the score before the movie was yeah. even shot.
2: That's, I mean, that, you got to have a special. But skill. then listen to this. For Interstellar, Christopher Nolan came over to his house in an afternoon and said, "I here's the idea that I have. This is the basic plot. I don't even have the story yet. Um, I just know I want an organ." And in like you know an afternoon, he wrote the main theme to Interstellar. Wow. And so this guy, in my opinion, is he's not my he's not number one, right. but I think he is the most talented, maybe ever. Right. Of the film composers He's done The Dark Knight Dunkirk Inception Interstellar The Lion King Kung Fu Panda Blade Runner 2049 Pearl Harbor The Pirates of the Caribbean movies uh, Sherlock Holmes Black Hawk Down 12 Years a Slave And this is the Theme to Yesterday
3: I had to delete A picture of my grandma Google Pixel Why? Presents <laughs> Is
0: that Annie Letterman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like Annie Letterman
2: Doing a Google oh, commercial <laughs> <laughs> just imagine how good the buildup would be If there weren't ads Right, right
0: Alright, so Brett We're listening to a new piece right now
1: Yeah, I figured that
0: This could be anything right now for now, me
2: This particular film I actually uh, was lucky enough to see him perform live And by the way While he's conducting he played seven different instruments. That's so he's also playing the instruments with the other musicians and then leading them while he's playing. And he said for this film, it was such a testosterone-heavy film, so they added in like a, a female voice who would sing throughout just to kind of balance everything, because this is such a like, hardcore film, but he made a beautiful score to it. And the balance what is of it? everything... Uh, don't don't, don't reveal.
0: I just I'm going to try to guess. I just want to hear some of it before we reveal it. It's a testosterone, heavy testosterone. Oh, I think I know what it is. Aaron, do you know? I don't.
4: I don't know his name
0: or the score. I believe this is from, my guess would be... Is
2: it Gladiator? Yes, it is. Is it Gladiator? Yes. Yes.
0: Brian tomorrow's is like, it's Gladiator, you idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe this one, this is
2: probably easier to... Hey,
1: Blaine, you said this composer can play, play seven different instruments?
2: Well, when I saw him, he played seven different instruments. I'm sure he can play a lot more than that, but the concert that yeah. he put on...
1: Yeah, you're getting, getting your PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
0: amazing. So what is this composer's
1: yeah. name? This
0: is Hans Zimmer. Hans,
1: Hans Zimmer. a
0: Yeah? Where were you for Double Dragon? You remember Double Dragon? Dude, Hans Zimmer, of course. Hans Zimmer. Yeah, you ever
1: have a little game called Mortal Combat. Yeah.
2: And he's just, he's so good. Hans Zimmer, that's right. And he also, uh, aside from films, he did all the music and uh, he worked with the guys and did Band of Brothers and The Pacific and, and just a bunch of other stuff. He's, He's got deal. like a whole team, too, of guys under him that are amazing composers in their own right and they all kind of collaborate. That's amazing. And So, Bretton, where did you see him? At the Hollywood Bowl or something? No, I saw him at uh, Nokia Live downtown. Wow. That would be... And then I saw him again at Coachella. That's... He was at... Oh, I remember that! Yeah, he played Coachella, and it was, like, fucking great. How was the reaction? Like, you know, know,
0: you're at Coachella, and, you know, everyone's out of their mind. Was the crowd, like, into it? They were into it, and he
2: had a huge crowd.
0: Yeah. He probably should have been on the bigger stage. Wow. Hans Zimmer at number two. Was
1: that the Hollywood
0: Bowl? No, no. Brenton said he saw him downtown at uh, Nokia Live, but Hans Zimmer, Brett, did... uh, He did Coachella... And because I remember that was like a big story. Wait, that, wait, yeah. wait! Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa! Wasn't he the bad guy in Die
0: Hard? <laughs> Hans Gruber. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. It's a different last name, but yeah, Hans Zimmer. And now that's another that, that's a name. Now again, I do not know the composer world, but to me and as a layman, I would think Hans Zimmer would be number one because I know that name and he's so well respected. But I also don't know other. I know Hans Zimmer. Uh, James Horner, Silvestri I knew, uh, and Mancini. Okay. Well, he, you'll, you'll know he, the next
1: first one. Of sure. all, first of all, you, you use the word layman. You're a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did As I use? As a layman. As a layman, as a layman, I but I I know that nobody fucking cares. Don't ever use "layman" again.
0: I'm just uh, how else to describe that? Like I don't know anything about this stuff. I like I'm I'm uh, trying to imply as the average person who doesn't you know pay attention to scores. I know Hans Zimmer's name. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That to me is okay. Well, that's
1: good. But don't ever use the word "layman"
0: again. All right, it's out of the vocabulary. It's done. Uh, Hans Zimmer So so you were saying So Christopher Nolan Is is that's his guy
2: mm-hmm. um, Does he Does he work With anyone else Oh yeah, yeah He'll he'll work on a, a wide range of stuff But him and Nolan Together make magic
0: Make magic Yeah mm-hmm. I mean yeah, The it, Dark Knight score Is Yeah oof. I mean and, and dude Just the idea That you can be able To uh, start Start working On a composition Just by looking At script Or in uh, The case of uh, uh, Here's inter- an
2: idea I have It's not fleshed out But I want an organ
0: That's insane Yeah That's insane uh, so Hans Zimmer at number two. Uh, we are now uh, reaching the top spot on the list, Brett. Uh, I'm, fingers crossed he's Italian-American, but I don't know. I don't know if he is going to be. Uh, we have enough of those, I think, on the list. Who is number one? Aaron, you know who number one is? Oh, yeah, yeah, for v- just it's memorable not, themes. Is, yeah. Wh- who
2: do you think it is, Brett?
1: It's John Wayne. Of course. Right? Yes, you know of is.
2: course. The Mozart of the movies. He's the king of the theme. This guy has made more iconic theme songs than Bill Conti could shake his fist at. 16 I mean,
4: Oscars? Yeah, he's... Something he's like that?
2: one. I don't think he has the most, but he definitely is the most influential. He's like the George Carlin of film composers. He's just phenomenal. And he's still working. He's in his 80s, and he's been working for like 50 years making great film scores. And this is John... This is John Williams. John Williams. So we're talking about Jurassic Park, Jaws, E.T., Schindler's List, all the Indiana Jones movies, Hook, Harry Potter, Close Encounters, Saving Private Ryan, Catch Me If You Can. And this is probably uh, his most iconic. Oh, buddy. Goosebumps.
0: It's a theme to Star Wars, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Da-da-da-da!
1: Da-da-da-da! you really didn't
0: know I didn't know.
1: You know who fucking Hans Over is, but you didn't know who
0: this was. No, but you know, I'll tell you what though. Think about how great that you know this man's work is. If you're a kid playing with a toy, you're going dun, 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 dun. You're just you're playing the score as you're playing, and you're seven. That he did the
1: Harry Potter. He said. There's
0: nobody bigger. I, I think no, nobody bigger. No, there's nobody bigger. Wow, that's insane, man. Dude, that list of... Oh, yeah. We got more Star Wars. And then you said uh, another one that hits
2: close to me from childhood would be the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, I go cool. and see him. He plays the Hollywood Bowl every year. Uh-huh. And every year he has a new special guest come out. And last year he had Steven Spielberg, who, you know, he works with their... Their relationship is e. perfect. Jaws. They've made everything together. Wow. And he came out and they showed um, the opening scene to the third Indiana Jones film. And Steven was like, This is how important music and John are to my movies. We're going to play the first 10 minutes with no music whatsoever. And we were watching it. And he's doing commentaries like, This is so bad. Like, it looked bad. It was like, you know. It looked like an, a student that's, film. That's interesting. It looked like amateurs, and then they're like, Ugh, huh. "Yeah, Ugh. yeah." You know, with this, it was so cheesy. Yeah, and it seemed like it was three times as long as the scene actually was. That's amazing. And then they put it to music, and it was like, "Yeah, this is fucking awesome." That's yeah. amazing.
1: Yes, <laughs> Yeah. You, you ever you ever try and play NBA jams without
0: the sound? <laughs> <laughs> <same> Well, John Williams at number one, a very well-deserved uh, spot. I want to ask, because uh, uh, one of our guys, uh, Chimera, was asking uh, what your thoughts were on, If I don't know if you know this, uh, this person, Mark uh, Streitenfeld? Yeah. Um, so
2: what— I, I left him off the list. I, so he, what, you, what are your thoughts on him? As a, as a fan of composers and scores, what do you think? Um, I'm not as familiar with him. Right. But Into the Fray was a great score. Um, if you saw that movie, it was the the wolf, like plane crashes. Yep. And, oh and yeah, Memphis yeah. It's chasing him. It, it's a great score, right? Um, I think he did American Gangster as well. Uh, so he's a guy who's is doing good work now. But um, you know, it, there's going to be people off the list, right? Right. Um, so let me ask you this, dude. Before
0: we uh, before we wrap up this list, uh, and again, I know you don't know how you get in the composing game or whatever, but you know, a lot of these guys. You know, uh, they're aging. Like John Williams. I mean, mm-hmm. he's you know he's, he's in his 80s, right? Yeah. Um, what do, what do you think the next? Because I think when you know we started this this list with talking about Daft Punk, and I and I got that CD when it came, like you know I, I still bought CDs at the time. Relax. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, a CD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Breton's like, I don't remember any of this technology, uh, but I remember getting that, and being like, wow, you can like listen to it, and it was just so yeah. fucking
2: cool. Do you think sort of electronic music and, and that sort of like that sort of I thing? I think people are opening it up more to different. Like Hans Zimmer started experimenting. Uh, Johnny Greenwood, uh, he did uh, "There Will Be Blood" mm-hmm. from Radiohead, you know. Um, but he's composed a little bit. Uh, Trent Reznor has started. Trent Reznor, he's he big in the big one. He won an Oscar. His first film won an Oscar, uh, "The Social Network." Yeah, it's a fucking great score. Yeah,
0: Trent's like in, big into the you know he's into the scores now. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of RZA?
2: The RZA. I uh, I actually have the, oh, the soundtrack.
1: Here
0: we go, Pete. Put to a square. and the dragon slayer <laughs> <lair> in particular. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's a good thing he's not rhyming on on the on the, on the movies he scores. But but, uh, but like, that was a like big... Mike Shinoda's done some good scores too recently. Right. He right. He did. Uh, I really like the the raid movies. Right. He did the music to the raid. If you ever saw that, it's yes. Mm-hmm. Insane. What I just realized is
1: that like. This is really where the evolution of, like, classical music went. Because you don't see yeah. anybody composing classical songs, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like, there's almost, like, a dead genre. Uh, unless there's some, like, underground Beethoven, you know, type music. But this is the modern day and, Beethoven, Mozart, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just, you're thinking of orchestra music that is mainstream.
2: Right. But another reason why John Williams—no, no, hundred percent, buddy. Another reason why John Williams is number one is nobody was listening to this music really until he started performing his live. He was like the first guy that's like, I'm gonna get an orchestra and I'm gonna start doing this at like the Boston Garden, the Hollywood Bowl, and it became mainstream almost. Where. These guys are selling out, like, large theaters to play their music. And when you have that sort of body of work, it's like it, you can't ignore it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a part of People don't realize know, they're going to enjoy it as know. much as they do until you're there, and you're like, oh, fuck, I know this song. You know every song. What were you saying, Brett?
1: I'm curious to know, too, because then if that's the case, you know, the Star Wars theme song in the 70s also became a pop, uh, uh, it, it made the pop charts. It was, like, the top five song or number one song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the theme the Star Wars that they made it to, like, a disco song.
2: <laughs> Dude, John Hermanson asked... To, what were we going to say, I'm about curious
1: it? to know if he's the only one on the list, like, a, a top 10 up that it made the pop chart. Oh,
2: no, no, because uh, Howard... Uh, James Horner with Titanic, he was up there. Oh, um, yeah. And I'm sure... I don't know off the top of my head, you know, who charted, but I'm sure a lot of these guys have had stuff that is, has been in the charts because oh, it's just... You know it's fucking
1: good. Oh wait, I know one. I I know one.
2: Just see the uh, Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> the what? Bill Conti. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got to let it go. Uh, someone's asking. Uh, John Hermanson's asking. Uh, what do you think of the Devo guys? Mark Mothersbaugh. I can't tell. Is that a, is that a joke? I don't know. Is that no? That's... No.
4: He does. He does film sco- film and TV scores as well.
0: Oh, okay. So so Aaron, what do, do you know? Any any that he that he oh, has he's done? Doing a lot recently. Um...
4: I just want to give a slight correction. John Williams has only won five Academy Awards. He's been nominated for
0: fifty one. Yeah.
3: Second most
0: Second most all
3: time beyond
1: Walt Disney.
0: Disney. (laughs) Dude, and he went five for fifty
2: one? Yes. That's insane. Twenty four Grammys. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: What about what about Danny Elfman?
2: Yeah, Danny Elfman yeah. was hard to leave off the list.
0: Yeah, someone um, asked about him before. So, so what was because uh, that's another name I, I know. I, I that's familiar to me. But what do you, do you, um, off the top of your head? Do you know any
2: movies? Yeah, Batman. Um, he's done uh, all the stuff with. What's the director's name? Aaron, help me out. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Thank you. Yes. Like he does all the Tim Burton films. Yeah, he's
4: really tough to leave off.
1: But he became a director himself. he direct some shit too.
4: Uh, I don't think so. I'm not
0: sure. That's interesting, pal. Because you know. You know, I I would imagine, you know, if you compose for so long and you're around it, why wouldn't you want to try to direct?
2: You know what I mean? Stay in your lane. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, everything's going perfect. Dude, yeah. And and that's what he loves to do. So, I mean, I'm sure some guys branch out and do other things.
4: Okay. Mark Mothersbaugh most recently did Thor Ragnarok.
2: Uh, Was his
4: big. But he has a lot
1: of TV. The only, just... that, uh, the only one that like, couldn't pursue the, the video game guy. <laughs> he, he can't direct, he can't uh, really take him, uh, program software programs.
0: <laughs> so this is Elfman? This is Elfman. This is from the first yeah. Batman, right? Mm-hmm well you know yeah. with
2: the first Batman movie. but yeah the 1989
0: yeah Dude, this is great yeah Danny Elfman just feels like a movie you know yeah. you're like I want to watch this that's unbelievable man well, dude, I'll tell you, guys.
1: Who did, uh, please, please. Who did a now? Who did that? That's Wagner.
0: Wagner. That's a classical composer. Oh, okay.
1: Never mind. Yeah, it's called Right at the Valkyries. Like... I got to
4: ask. Our... What about? What were you going to say, wait, man? Wait,
1: hold on. I have another question. What about the dun, 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 dun? dun? You did that one?
4: Oh, yeah. that's also a classical piece uh, from 2001. Uh, I was going to say. 2001.
1: Pete, you should play every time you take your pants off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's called strong root. Bob Dominic, you know, uh, yeah. s- someone was someone was uh, on the on the feedback here. Uh, I can't f- I can't find the the comment, but uh, if you can, y- you were asking Breton to check out uh, a, a front man from a band. Uh, if you can just re- Oingo
1: Boingo,
0: Oingo Boingo, that's Danny Elfman. <laughs> that is Danny Elfman. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: That's Danny Elfman.
0: But there, I, th- I think there was someone else. There was another. There was another band, or someone that maybe maybe it wasn't Bob Dominic. It was someone else that mentioned something. But uh, well, dude, the the list that we have is pretty amazing, Brett. There's a ton of Italian Americans on here. Uh, before I run yeah, down this uh, before I run down this list, Brett, this is going to be coming out on Monday. You're going to be anywhere next week? But
1: really quick, I want to also say. Uh uh I've been doing the show for almost over four years and you have to be the only person that ever came in prepared. Yeah. <laughs> including the host. <laughs> well, you know, one time one time we had Darren
0: Carter on for the top ten country songs of all time and he actually came in with lyrics. He was actually singing some of them. He I gotta give, oh, man, I gotta give I gotta give him some credit. He this was is was my passion. Yeah, this is your passion. Love you. I gotta tell oh, well, you it,
1: Brent Brent listen, Brent is like this is what an actual episode of a podcast
0: should sound like. Exactly, with
1: the exception of me uh, talking to you from underwater.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, the, uh, Brian Schmorrow says the band I mentioned was Tides of Man. Tides of Man. So I don't know. I don't know uh, if uh, he just said check it out. So I mean, I'll look him up because because he's talking about because he you know Brian Schmorrow chimed in. He he knows his uh, his composers, and I wanted to ask you, uh, Aaron, how do you? Because you seem very well, you know, versed in, in, in composers. Yeah. I, so I went to film just,
4: school. So I, I just,
0: ah, well, there you guys. go. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> you, 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 answered it with film school. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean,
4: personally, I'd put Danny Elfman on the list, take Henry Mancini off. Okay. Just, I mean, but that's a oh. modern, a modern take at it. obviously. Yeah. Okay. I,
2: I tried to, I mean, obviously th- it was a struggle, but, yeah. um, I also, love I tried m- to have a, a wide range. Yeah. I
4: also love Michael Kamen. He did, um, uh, all the Diehards and Lethal Weapons. Yeah. He's great. Oh, dude. Great scores in those movies. Yeah, yeah. And he did the the big album with Metallica.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Evan Lagana says, great episode. Uh, he wants us to bring back Billy Bonnell for next week. Maybe we will. I'll check to see if he's in town. Uh, well, listen, uh, Brett, are you going to be anywhere next week?
1: Next week, no, but this weekend I'm at the Improv in Schoenberg. So if you're watching live on Facebook, come out to the Improv in Chicago area.
0: Yes, okay. Alan
1: well, Al- I got two I got two cases next month, but you know, we'll talk about it in the
0: next podcast Alan uh, Hinkhouse said I saw this guy last night in Schomburg, Illinois, laughed my ass off. So uh you've been getting some great reviews from uh your your uh your stand up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> also- yeah
0: no no I got nothing else I Brett's was just a beast, I, I, man I was just passing on I was passing on these compliments uh, but uh, and uh, how about you Bretton uh, before we get into social media stuff because I see you you're you're uh, at the comedy store where mm-hmm. else do you go up uh, in town uh, wherever they'll let me
2: yeah exactly um, I'm at flappers tonight and then the store late tonight store tomorrow and then next week I'll be in Indiana with Polly Shore Awesome, dude. How is how is it going? Hey,
1: Brenton. Brenton, wait. Yeah. Listen, I'm serious, man. Why don't you come with me to Helium in Buffalo? Yeah, I
2: will. I'm gonna check your site after and get the date and make sure I'm I'm clear. Uh, yeah, to...
1: check it out. Yeah, and then if that's the case, we'll we'll get that moving so you awesome. can come
2: up. Yeah, and we can listen
1: to fucking uh, <laughs> <Rocky>. soundtrack. <okay? laughs>
2: This is why I brought you here. You're gonna fucking listen to Rocky until it's your favorite song. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Make me
0: smoke the whole pack, um, dude. So have you have you uh, opened with uh, for Paulie before? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been
2: opening for him for six, seven years now. That's great, dude. Yeah, he's a really good
0: dude. Well, uh, Brett, we have the top ten uh, composers of all time uh, according to Brenton Biddlecombe, an expert on the subject. If you couldn't tell, uh, at number ten we have Henry Mancini. Uh, At number nine, Jerry Goldsmith. At number eight, Nino Rota. Uh, At number seven, Ennio Morricone. Uh, At number six, Michael Giacchino. Uh, At number five, Alan Anthony Silvestri. Uh, At number four, James Horner. Three, Howard Shore. Number two, the great Hans Zimmer. And number one, you can't knock him off this fucking spot. He's the man. His body work is ridiculous, Mr. John Williams.
1: Uh, An I, I, honorable mention is is uh, Bill Conti and also uh, Jeff Scott at the Comedy Store. Yeah, <laughs> All
0: right. those are good. Those are two great honorable mentions. Uh, I wanted to do uh, just I, I saw a fun Pete's tweet. Uh, I think it's a, a list that uh, we should possibly do, Brett. Uh, I'm going to pull it up. Someone had tweeted this today. I, b- I believe it was uh, Davoli. Uh, he says uh, possible uh, possible list. He says top ten best. And or worst green rooms, I think that's actually a fun. Oh, I think that that's a fun list. I like you know there's because because we can do we we could we could actually mix the best and the you know the bottom five can be the the top you know the the the, the, the worst. Yeah, ones. we can mix them. Up. The, then, we
1: could go one bad, one good, one bad, one good, yeah.
0: Because there's a lot of uh, you know you'd be interested interesting to to to, to know uh, as if you're a fan of comedy the variety uh, of of levels of green rooms. Uh, I remember Brett. One of my favorite green rooms was uh, was when we did the uh, the Stress Factory in Connecticut. Remember that one? It was like a it was like a whole apartment that we had with recliners. Yeah, and, that you was know. <laughs> and then you do some ones where like the green room is like, yeah, just stand over here. That's the green room. You're like, no, I'm in the audience. There's <laughs> there's clearly no green room here. Uh, so I've I think
1: got, I know two clubs offhand with like where the green room was in the kitchen closet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, these shows with Paulie. Polly- um the the so the promoter he's bringing us back we did a one-nighter i couldn't even tell you the name of the city in indiana but it was at an econo lodge in the banquet room and the whole city came out like the whole town was there and then half of them stayed in the Methy Hotel after so it's just going to be we're playing Econolodges no green room like it was just room 101 was the green room (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly and it looked like someone had been living in there for three weeks
0: (laughs) well dude uh, Brent this has been you know I was so excited to do this list man it's nice to have someone who knows their shit uh, come on the show so thank you for being here buddy what is your uh, social media stuff where can we find you
2: Uh, I'm at BB Combs but also uh, just follow all things comedy at all things comedy and the comedy store He's at the comedy store towing that company and line. not be
1: funny if Brent wasn't on media?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't fucking do that. He's man. like funny. I, enough. I, I don't get funny. I don't bring work home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: uh, and guys, uh, you could also uh, make sure you follow us at YOTL podcast on Instagram on Twitter. Uh, Brett, your website is, uh, you, you it's still com or, or you, you'd have the, uh, the, the comedy one. What's the, what's the other one that you do? No,
1: go to Brett, go to Brett comedy with one com And if you haven't watched my special, go put, give it a watch, man. Like I said, I just, I just, uh past a million views like uh,
2: last week we'll keep it going to anyone that's listening don't just go watch share it just take five seconds copy paste and share if you like the special so people can see it share it tag your friends
0: yeah Yeah. that's the way to do it uh also guys if you want to find me go to hairandteeth.com uh you can follow me on all my social media and stuff there uh brett it was great hearing you buddy i think the phone works better than skype i hate to tell you pal
1: That's fine. It'll be even better if we're not in this hotel. I'm all the way up top to getting bad reception. So when I get home, I think we figured it out.
0: All right, good, buddy. Well, uh, sending you love, love to your family. Guys, thank you for watching and listening uh, to You're On The List. And uh, do us a favor. Brett, what should they do? They
1: need, you guys need to call your mom.
0: Call your mom, for Christ's sakes. We love you guys. Thank you so much.
1: Love it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> call your mom